Welcome back to MDC Weekly. I'm your host, Scott Prios. As always, I have with me my sports reporter, Jacob Urish. How's it going, Jacob? Not too shabby. Uh, the rain uh, doesn't make it much better, but overall, not too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. It's a pretty crappy day out there, but uh, a lot to talk about here in the Missouri Valley Conference. So we're going to focus on men's basketball today, and we're going to take a look at uh, the bottom four teams in the conference. We'll start with the Illinois State Redbirds, uh, currently on a five-game losing streak, heading into one of the toughest places to play in the conference uh, at the Knapp Center, uh, the home of the Bulldogs, Drake. Uh, playing its best basketball of the season, ISU playing its worst basketball of the season, and they're just on a collision course right now. And uh, we, I talked about this on the other podcast with Reed. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is with the Redbirds that's hurting them at this point, that's like standing out as this is what's causing them to struggle in these games where they lost by 15 to Belmont, 18 to Bradley, 16 to Indiana State, and those are all good teams, but regardless, where's the team that we saw coming into conference play that beat SIU in an electric Horton Field house, beat Eastern Michigan, beat Belmont, took Murray State to overtime? Like That was the team we thought this team might shock some people, might be able to finish middle of the conference, middle of the pack, but these past five games, have, re- I think, have really been an indicator of where this team is headed this season. I think they still have a bright future ahead of them, but these past five games have just been really tough for this team. And I think, I don't I don't know about you, I can't pinpoint any one thing that really stands out to me. I think maybe one thing that has affected them a little bit would maybe be injuries, um, just a little bit of continuity. I hate to hark on continuity, especially as a Bulls fan, but... I, I that does affect a team to a point. That's definitely not the whole reason, because I mean, like you mentioned, they've lost their last five. They're two and eight in their last ten. Uh, granted, Darius Burford has been really, really, really good for them really in their last good. six games. Ever since he got his face hurt, yeah, everything is going crazy. Uh, he's averaging seventeen points and almost four assists on fifty-seven percent shooting in those uh, in the last six games. So he's been he's been their go-to score that we've talked about. Um, they're also like, but again, they're giving up eighty points in their last five games, and they're scoring seventy. Um, it's it's been a tough stretch. They uh, like you said, they played Drake. That's n- you never want to face Drake, of course. Granted, uh, they close out with Evansville, which is a gift. Um, hopefully, should give them a a good boost going into uh, conference play or going into Arch Madness. Uh, my bad. Um, but this is. It's really tough when you're going into Arch Madness playing the brand of basketball they're playing right now. Yeah, definitely. But you you need that win. And I think that game against Evansville, it's big for a couple of reasons, and we'll talk about this a little more later. But conference standings, it's going to shift some things if they can beat Evansville based on who these other teams are playing. But also, if you go into the NBC tournament losing seven straight with that seventh loss coming against the team who before then only had one conference win all season, just depletes everything that you had been doing up to that point in the season. I mean, just psychologically alone, it's going to be demoralizing. Like You can't have it happen. I, I know coaches say it's – well, some coaches would say it's one loss, but, yeah, it's like you have to look who that it's one loss is against. Losses. Like, Well, yeah, it's seven losses in a row, but especially, like, with that one loss, that that's just demoralizing. It, it, it is because, like, you're like, how did we lose to that team? But again, we're we're speculating. Uh, they should pull that one out. They beat uh, Evansville sixty nine to sixty one. Their last matchup, 
Granted, this one will be at home. I'm expecting a good crowd for that game, so that should give them another boost. But yeah, they, they they need that one for multiple reasons. Yeah, senior day, um, last regular season game of the year. Uh, you're right. I think it needs to be the type of game that hopefully the crowd is there supporting you. You uh, put on a show for them to give you some momentum going into uh, – the NBC tournament here uh, next Thursday they start, but uh, one game at a time, and you got to start with tonight's game, like we talked about. That is um, not—I don't know how to describe this game. Drake. That, I mean, I guess anything can happen. Last year, I think going in, I think they played right around this time last year, maybe a little earlier in the year. Um, but anything can happen. But it's just—it's not looking in favor for them right now. Yeah, just the way they're playing right now. Oh, it's not the team you want to face. It's probably it's yeah, it's one of the last teams you want to face in this uh, conference. Yeah, definitely. All right, I think that's it for ISU men's basketball. Like we said, Drake tonight, Evansville Sunday, and then they will. Uh, they are set in stone. They can move a little bit, but it is set in stone that they will be playing Thursday, obviously, and then they will either play at noon if they win Sunday and Valpo loses out, and they'll play at six. If they lose to Evansville, or and or Valpo wins a game, so they're either playing at noon or six, whether they're the nine or the ten seed, that'll determine that. Um, move on to the team who's uh, kind of vying with the Redbirds for that nine ten spot. They're fighting a little bit. The Valparaiso uh, Beacons sitting at five and thirteen in conference play, along with the Redbirds. Um, except the Valpo, the Beacons do have a series sweep over the Redbirds. But that's not going to matter, obviously, if ISU finishes with the, the same record. But um, Valpo's five wins, I believe, and I had to double-check this earlier, but I believe they're against those three teams in the bottom of the conference because they have two against ISU, two against Evansville, I believe. Yeah, two against ISU, two against Evansville, and then one against UIC that they beat earlier in the year. So those are your five wins right there. It's a lot different than ISU, who ISU, for some reason, has five conference wins, and their wins are UIC and Evansville once, but then they beat Southern, Belmont, and Missouri State, all teams who are playing really good basketball right now. Regardless, um, the Beacons, led by Ben Crickey, who has been really just incredible down the stretch here this year, um, averaging almost 20 points a game on the year. And then Kobe King um, at 16.6, and then Quentin Green, 10.6. Uh, Quentin Green's 10.6, I think, has fluctuated a little bit with those two games against the Redbirds, where he's averaging like 25.5 in those two games for some reason. He just hates playing ISU. Um, but no, this team, when they're on, they're actually a really scary team because when Quentin Green's shooting like that, when Ben Crickey is the presence that he has been so far this year in the post, and then Kobe King is kind of running the offense the way that he can. This team has the potential to maybe scare some people, but they just they struggle against some of this higher-level competition we've seen that so far this year. Yeah, they have the potential, but in their last six, they're 1-5, and five, so just an, another team that just has not had a great stretch. And their last two uh, games are coming against Bradley, who's tied for first, and they're definitely, like, they're, for seeding purposes, they're going – to play their heart out, and then they face Murray State, who also is in that mix. Uh, they're tied for sixth, so they're going against two teams that have no reason to uh, take their foot off the gas pedal. So it's it's going to be really tough for them 
to get a win, in my opinion, out of those. Um, if I, I would lean towards them going 0-2 in that stretch, but who knows. But like you said, Ben Cricky has been really good. Uh, over his last five, he's averaging 26 uh, points per game, which is, uh, I believe, five points higher than his season average. And then, yeah, Kobe King, 15 a game, or almost 16 a game. Uh, one thing that is pretty interesting shouldn't matter too much they're both playing 36 minutes a game of course like they're the backbone of that team um i don't know how much fatigue will even play uh especially in the early rounds uh of arch madness but uh yeah they just they have a really tough they have a tougher stretch in uh isu so i i think it's going to be really hard for them to uh nab that ninth seed but Again, the trope is anything is possible. And you look at it, how much of a difference really is that 9-10 seed just because Murray State and you and I have battled it out a couple times this year. I don't. I think there is a possibility that somehow Missouri State could fall all the way down to, uh, I think actually the farthest they can fall is 7. Right now they're in 6, so they could be 5-7. through seven. But I think a lot has to happen for them to move in either direction. Um, but... Like I said, I think that nine ten is just like maybe it's different because you get put on different sides of the bracket, obviously. But uh, regardless, I think Evans, if they really want that nine seed, I think it's going to come down to them or to the Redbirds versus Evansville game. I mean, if they want that nine seed, they're going to need Evansville to find a way to beat the Redbirds, which anything can happen on the last day of the regular season for sure. Uh, I think that's it for. Uh, Valparaiso will move on to a team who uh, actually just beat uh, Valparaiso a few days ago. The UIC Flames um, beat Valparaiso by one this past weekend. Uh, before that, they had a three-game losing streak against three of the top four teams in the conference in Southern, or top five, I'm sorry, Southern, Belmont, and Indiana State. Uh, that, so those three losses are sandwiched by their uh, win over Evansville and Valparaiso. Um Sometimes it seems like, and I think this is the same case for the women's team, I think sometimes this UICB team can almost act as like a trap team. Um, they're a solid defensive team. Um, they have a couple really solid players. Uh, Jace Carter, Trey Anderson are really, really good players at the uh, guard positions. But it's just tough because the way they're looking right now, their only two, or their only three conference wins are Evansville, ISU, Valpo. Um and then they have games left against Evansville and Southern. So if they can find a way to beat Evansville, you finish with four wins. What's crazy, and it's a lot, like I said, a lot has to go their way. But if they were to beat Evansville and Southern and ISU and Valpo lose out, I think there is a scenario where UIC actually does climb to the 9 or 10 seed. They would all finish 5 and 15, and then you'd have to figure it out from there. It'd be all kinds of hectic going on there but regardless um yeah i think they're the type of team who they're almost like a trap team they just sometimes they if they catch you on an off night they might give you a scare i mean yeah they they beat or they only lost siu uh in their matchup earlier in the season by two uh 68 to 66 so that game is is winnable um it's just been tough they have the 11th worst scoring margin my uh minus 9.8 um, they've lost, uh, six of their 15 losses were within 10 points. So they've lost pretty handedly and by the majority of their games, but 
like you said, a defensive team. Granted, Southern's a defensive team as well, um, but primarily in uh, Arch Madness, that will be it'll be scary because any team that's going to bring in defense. Granted, like we've talked about, if that defense just doesn't have to be on that game, it's going to be a really bad game for that team. So, uh, yeah, it'll, again, just another interesting last two games for seeding implications, but I don't expect anything too crazy. Yeah, I would agree. Um, the last team out of these four teams, the Evansville Purple Aces, uh, just one conference win all year. Uh, they shut down Bowen Bourne in route to a 12-point win over UNI a few weeks ago. Um, since then, they've lost by 6, 32, and 16 to Missouri State, Belmont, and Murray State, respectively. Um, then they have UIC and Illinois State left, so I think they're winnable games for the Purple Aces if they bring their game. Uh, Illinois State, I think, only ended up beating them by about 6 the last time they played, and then UIC, uh, that game I think was a little... Uh, little more lopsided i have to double check i think it was nine nine yep so new team new coach and david ragland i don't know that a whole lot of people expected evangel to come out and play like just shock a lot of people they've had games where they have given a couple teams scares like i said the illinois state game they gave them a scare uh just a uh, nine point loss like i said to uic just a six point loss to missouri state Back in the year, uh, they only lost by seven to uh, Southern Illinois. So, I mean, every once in a while, they can catch a team on a bad night, give them a little bit of a scare, but they also have some really bad losses. That 45-point uh, loss at Bradley, what a tough place to play. Uh, they have a 23-point loss to Missouri State. So, I mean, I don't know that a whole lot of people expect them to shock a lot of people in uh, Arch Madness, but I think... The direction that David Ragland has this program going is a good one because they have been near the bottom of the conference, and yes, they still are, but getting that win over you and I, I think was, I think sometimes it'll get overlooked, but that is a really big win for a program that's really struggled these past few years. Yeah, it, it is a big win. Um, it's just, like you said, it's been a really tough year. They're probably going to finish last in the conference for the second year in a row. Um, they have six conference losses. Uh by 20 or uh, more points, that's just brutal, um, to say the least. Uh, they've got the worst scoring margin in the NVC by, I think, like seven. They've got the worst rebounding margin and then uh, worst assist turnover ratio, just three categories that are kind of emblematic of what's going on. Uh, Marvin Coleman and Kenny Strawbridge, yeah, Kenny Strawbridge have been uh, their biggest contributors with uh, 13 points a game, and they're both average on a steal. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, my, like expectations should not be very high. Um, it, it's just been a really bad year. Um, who knows? Maybe the next time we're doing this podcast, uh, they upset. Maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, USC and Illinois state, but, uh, I mean, yeah, if, if to, uh, build on that you and I win if they if they can secure those two wins then yeah that, that's starting to go somewhere but uh, it's going to be difficult because you have UIC and ISU also playing uh, for something uh, a little bit more than uh, Evansville so it's gonna be tough yeah definitely so looking at those four teams um, it's set in stone that they are going to be the nine through twelve seeds 
So then looking at the teams who are probably going to be five through eight, um, do you have a team that you think could move past Thursday into Friday's action and maybe if you think they could move on to Saturday or even Sunday? I mean, it, for me, it, it's definitely between ISU um, and probably Valpo. Um, it's tough. It really is. I would, yeah, I, I don't know if I have a clear uh, answer for you. Um, I would, I don't know, because Valpo and ISU are both just not playing great basketball right now, so it's kind of hard to judge. I, I, I would say I'd prefer to see these last two games to like really give you a better answer, but ISU playing Drake than Evansville, like you're playing one like top one team and then you're playing the, the bottom of the barrel, yeah, so it's kind of hard to. I, I I don't know. I mean, I tr- I trust Valpo scores more. Like they have more consistent yeah. scoring. So from that point of view, I probably lean Valparaiso. The only thing I'll say is I think Illinois State's best is better than Valpo UIC and Evansville's best. I think when I was playing its best basketball, it's they're better than those three teams. I would agree, especially on the defensive end. Like if Kendall Lewis is yes. on, like yeah, and you've got so Malachi. that's what's scary for some of these teams. You look yeah. at you and I. If it's ISU, you and I, you and I won the first two games. Like I said, I think that was by a combined. I have to double check about what that first matchup was. Um, yeah, so it's by a combined nine points. Um, six at uh, ISU, and then I believe it was three um, in Cedar Falls. Uh, two actually. So. Um, eight combined points there. And then the Murray State, um, you had a game go to overtime, and then you had a game, ISU had a chance to win it in regulation and wasn't able to convert. So, I mean, both of those teams, ISU's given tough fights to, and I think ISU could definitely come out on top in either of those matchups. The only thing, like, is really weird is ISU somehow, despite all the struggles they've had this year, took Bradley to overtime, only lost lost to Indiana State by nine at home, beat Southern, beat Belmont, beat Missouri State. So, I mean, they've competed with all these teams, and I think that's why I don't think any of these teams are writing off any of these bottom four teams, like I said, but I think they're keeping an eye on ISU just because the fights that ISU has given so far this year. And Ryan Peden will not give up in his first year. I think tonight, or my, oh, yeah, tonight uh, will be uh, a kind of a precursor to see where they're at, I, I yeah. think. I want to see fight. Yeah, that's what you want to see, and I think if you see that tonight, then I would probably lean towards ISU because I think their depth. I'd say one advantage that they do have is that they can get scoring from pretty much anywhere. Um, so that is one thing that can go their way, but it also goes against them. Yeah, it goes against them because you don't have those go-to scores all the time. Granted, Burford's trying his best. So, uh, no, if we see that fight tonight, I'd feel a lot better about picking them. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. Um, I think that's it for men's basketball. Anything else from you? I think I'm good. So the last thing that we do want to discuss, uh, the ISU women's basketball team, they've lost two of their last three. However, going into this stretch, they had a five-game stretch that we were pretty curious about, and we said that we wanted to see them come out of that three and two. They came out of that stretch three and two. Um and I think they don't need to put their head down in the slightest bit because Missouri State is one heck of a team, and they the fight that they gave at the end of the game. Drake 
That game against Drake is a little more concerning because Drake figured out how to stop Paige Robinson a little bit. However, I think Paige Robinson was also having an off night because I was paying attention to some of that game. We were also uh, in Chicago, but he was also missing a couple shots that maybe she doesn't miss in other games, which is a little might fluctuate how well defense Drake was playing. Granted, I don't want to take anything away from them. I think they were doing a great job on her, but I don't know that you're going to see Paige Robinson score two points again the rest of this year. Yeah, I, like she has not had a game like that. I think her lowest before this was like what six points or eight points. It, yeah, it was... she had. I think six points was one of them. She had ten against you and I at home in that loss. So, I think you're not seeing that again. But like again, we we talked about it uh, over text. Like she played what. 36 minutes or thirty over I believe it was. No, I'm uh, versus you and I. I was gonna bring up the you and I game. I think the you and I game. Oh yeah, that that you and I game it definitely affected. I think it had taken a toll because they, she played the starters all of them. I over think I think except De- I think Deanna got in foul trouble. I might she was be in a little bit, but regardless. Yeah. But yeah, uh, which I completely understand why she's played like why she played them that uh, that much because I that's they needed that win for seeding purposes especially. Um, but, uh, it sucks, especially coming off of that UNI win, because that's, that's a great win, but the one thing that I am curious about, uh, which we, uh, I'm gonna have to see if I can get an update tomorrow, is, I'm assuming Jasmine McGinnis-Taylor is probably not coming back, but that is a blow to their bench depth. Yeah, they need that. Because with, if Wilson gets in foul trouble, that's, they just don't have that type of answer on the bench right now and they got i think they were out rebounded by drake by 19 you and i had eight more offensive rebounds than they did so i'm, I'm a little worried about the rebounding i'm not worried about page at all um i agree i think one thing that we've talked about uh is just like I, I, we, we talked about mvc player of the year she's she's gonna be right up there i think destiny wells as well she's been playing really good in belmont as a whole uh, both teams are thirteen and three. Kaylin Young's averaging twenty three points per game. I just, I mean, they're they're I think they're tied for sixth or seventh in the MVC. And I, I personally, I think winning has to play uh, into that award. I think they're what six and ten right now in conference. Yeah. So, um, but to get back on track with them, I, I, I'm not I'm not really worried. I don't know. I just yeah, I would agree. As, I think we 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 said going in. You can't expect to go five yeah. over the stretch. Going four and one over the stretch would have been incredible. Even that, yeah. So I, I think they just got to get some rest, which they will, and then well, they yeah UIC, and then they face they, Valparaiso, Valparaiso, and then they go on the road against Evansville and Indiana State. Next yeah. Weekend. So this is a stretch to maybe get back on track a little bit. Um, but Alzma, she had a career high twelve, so that's another spark that's coming up. Yeah, shooting like it's just another shooter they have, and, and defensively as well. So uh, the only part that I'm a little bit worried about is if uh, Bowman or Wilson foul trouble get in foul trouble because if you're facing a Drake, if you're facing a UNI, if you're facing a Missouri State, that's that's brutal. And even if you're not, that's Still it's brutal. tough in the first place. Yeah. So. I finally figured it out. I was really confused about why ISU was still in first because I was like looking at all the tiebreakers and everything. But ISU has played has won one more road game than you uh, and I right now. I believe is what it was. So ISU, um, ISU's eight and four away. 
UNI is seven and three. That's overall conference play. Uh, actually, no, they're both six and two and seven and one. So, would they take uh, into consideration just the whole season because they're eight and four away and UNI is seven and three, seven off that extra win? That, it's got to be what it is. But so I didn't even think about this. So Illinois State's four games, like I said. UIC, Valpo, Evansville, Indiana State. They beat all of them. The closest game being, was it Indiana State or UIC? I think Indiana State was the closest 10. UIC was a 13-point game in the end. And then the other two were very big uh, wins for the Redbirds. Obviously, you can't say that's going to happen again. But that's encouraging for the Redbirds knowing that you don't want to, like, relax. But you don't, you've gotten through the stretch that you were worried about. UNI has that stretch right now. Belmont. Murray State, Southern, Missouri State. That is probably UNI's toughest stretch of the season. And that game against Belmont, uh, we said we were going to talk about this. I think Redbird fans might be keeping an eye on that game. Because if Belmont wins, and I, so if Belmont wins that game, and then every other they win out every other game, UNI wins every game, ISU wins every game. ISU is going to win the regular season title because they only played Belmont once and they won that game. If UNI beats Belmont and then everybody else wins out, you and I should take the conference title based on the tiebreakers, I believe, um, that they're going through. I'd have to double-check it, but I'm not positive about that one. So this game, thir- Thursday, is a big day. Granted, there's still, there'll still be a week and a half left in the conference play, but Thursday's a big day for that that Belmont-UNI game might decide the conference champion. Yeah, it, it's going to be huge, and even that next game, they're going to have to face Caitlin Young, so it'll be Caitlin Young versus Grace Buffoli. Yeah, so and then Missouri State to close out. That, that's that's going to be a yeah. That's four out of the five teams that ISU had to play um, with ISU being two games ago. They had the little gap there with Bradley, but that's almost the exact same closing stretch there that ISU had uh, previously. So you and I is going to have to lock in too, but it's really exciting what's going on at the top of this conference. I don't think it – I think we got a lot of basketball left to play, and we're going to see a lot of shifts. Uh, I think that's it for me. Anything else from you, Jacob? I think I'm pretty good. All right, so in the meantime, make sure to follow our Twitter accounts at the underscore vidette and at video underscore sports, and we will see you guys next week.